and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Nuta, PapaNuta.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of theconjurman.com in Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, William Pickevers of williamsickevers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada, bringing us today's topic on the fall equinox. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at form.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat, hi, Papa Nude. So nice to hear your voice. Well, it is the beginning of fall. I can tell. I've been mm-hmm. out gardening. Now you know, in California, we don't have the same kind of fall that y'all have in the rest of the world. But um, we do have the leaves dropping on the beautiful railroad layout. And um, when the ra- leaves fall all over the beautiful railroad layout, the little trains won't run because they're so much smaller than the leaves. And so I want to give a special thank you to Jenna and Nagashiva, who helped, and me, I helped myself. <laughs> and we were out there picking up leaves all over the railroad layout today because <laughs> fall has come. Now, in most parts of the world, people call fall autumn. But in North America, when it, when it falls, it falls, and we call it fall. So today was my first gardening day of fall. And that's what's going on in the shop. We had Angela Marie. I've got to give her a special shout-out. She came in. We had some people out sick, so Angela Marie, who usually works a little bit part-time on Sunday, she was there the whole time, and she was helping customers and making things. And then Margie was working in the office now because uh, no office person showed up, so we got Margie working Aww. in the office, and she was doing order entry, so big thank you to Margie. And then um, Jenna, double-timing, half on the trains, half making products. And again, thank you so much, Jenna, for everything you do. And we had a bunch of walk-in customers, and we were just trying to handle them all. <laughs> so there'll be more, I'm sure, while we're on the radio. So that's all that's new at, at uh, the Lucky Mojo. Oh, there is one more thing new, and this is uh, something that a lot of people don't know about. You know, I teach a class in Hoodoo. It's called uh, Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence Course. And there is a special rate for family members, spouses, children, and things like that who want to learn. They don't have to pay as much for the course. And I was just today, um, we signed up and going to be uh, doing an interview with and taking on as a student, um, Rowena Sparks, who is Angela Marie's daughter. And she's just 18 now, and she's old enough to take the course. So um, I just wanted to let people know, if you are a husband and a wife, husband and husband, wife and wife, um, if you are a parent and child, two cousins living in a house together, uh, there that 
course I teach is available. Instead of $104, you only have to pay 78 And not only that, you can also get um, a kind of a discount on some of the products that are necessary because it's assumed you can share them with someone who lives in the same house as you. So just thought I'd mention that. I love to teach people, and that's kind of what I'm spending a lot of my time doing is teaching. And if you want to be a student, you also got to hook into the Lucky Mojo Forum, forum.luckymojo.com, and all of the people who've ever been students are have their own accounts at the forum, and they have their own threads with their own name and those and their student number, ID number, and those are only visible to other students. It's a special secret part of the forum, so we've been working on that. I want to give a big thank you to Nagashiva, who's been helping putting those accounts up for every person of the 2,150 people who've ever taken my course. If you ever took my course and don't know how to get in touch with us again, go back to the forum, ask Nagashiva, where's my account, what am I doing, and we'll get you fixed up, and you will be able to finish your homework. You'll be in touch with everybody. Um, 2,150 people is a lot, and um, but we're making every one of those accounts um, at, live at the forum by student number and by name and by pseudonym. So your real name will be only seen by other students, but your pseudonym, whatever you want it to be, that's also available to uh, if you want to post in the public part of the forum. So that's the news from Lucky Mojo. Now, I'm going to ask my good friend, Conjurman Ali, what's the news in Southern California? Well, thank you for asking. Southern California is also... Uh gearing up and dealing with the fall equinox in our own way. Um, as you rightly noted, uh, fall is a little different in California. It's not The seasons don't change too much, and I would say even less so in Southern California. So there's gradations <laughs> of, of California change, if you will. Um, we're still, you know, dealing with some, some residual summer weather here. Uh, you know, in the 80s and whatnot. But um, I have started my my usual, um, whenever the fall equinox, fall and spring are the two seasons that I do intensive cleansing of uh, the home and particularly of the altars. I let things build up on the altars throughout the year. Um, and so there'll be, you know, wax building, there'll be candles, there'll be petitions, all sorts of things. And it accumulates um, in a kind of clutter, but a beautiful clutter, a beautiful clutter. Um, and then I, I start to do cleansings uh, on autumn, uh, during autumn and during the spring, where I kind of clear away all of that, clear away the dust, clear away the debris, um, and, and, and kind of start fresh. So that's what I've started doing. Um, this past weekend. Um, not done yet. It's probably going to take a whole week of solid cleaning before uh, everything is, is kind of cleansed. Um, but I have started doing that. So we just mm-hmm. today uh, smoked the house and went around uh, and smoked everything. And tomorrow we're going to be cleaning out the actual altars themselves. Wow, that's a big job, and I know what you mean. Everyone always says, clean at New Year's. Yeah, you always clean at New Year's. Clean at the spring equinox. Yeah, clean. Yeah. Uh, summer, on summer, you kind of let it go. Ah, it's building up. But fall is yep. the time. Like, I'm cleaning the railroad layout. You're cleaning your altar. Exactly. It's kind of what you do uh, to mark the turn of the seasons. Well, um, in fact, uh, the fall equinox is our topic for the day. And so we're going to... Um, 
bring in William Stickevers. Now, before I bring him in, I'm going to tell you a little bit about who he is, and then we're going to talk about the topic. Um, so William Stickevers is, uh, I guess you could call him, internationally known astrologer. He specializes in the astrology of time and place rather than, you know, your birth chart. I mean, he'll do birth charts. Mm-hmm. He does birth charts. But William's big specialty is financial and political and um, global, even catastrophe charts. I mean, this guy, is he's, he's in the, the world of larger-scale um, astrology. Um, and uh, there are people who only will do, like, your birth chart and you and, and uh, you know, Skippy's birth chart and how do they mesh, mesh together. But um, William has specialized in relocational astrology, which is how to move from one place to another, and if that place would be more to your advantage because how that chart goes with yours. He works on a really large scale. That kind of astrology is not the kind you find out about by reading the little booklet that they have in the checkout line at the supermarket. This is real astrology, real deep astrology. So I want to welcome you. William, say hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me again on the show. Yeah. And um, I hope I accurately described what you do. (laughs) Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, you know, a lot of my focus lately has been on geopolitical, mundane, and financial events. Certainly since 2012 onward, it's just taken on a life of its own. And you also do horary astrology, which we ought to explain. It has nothing to do with horrors. And the reason I say, I know it sounds like a weird joke, but I said one day I was talking to one of my clients, and I said, you ought to go to, to um, William Stickevers, and he can do you a horary chart. And the lady said, what? She goes, I'm no whore. (laughs) (laughs) She was serious. She was serious. I offended her. I said, no, no, horary, like horological, like clocks. But she never heard of horology or anything like that. To her, it was about horse. So horary chart, despite the sound of the name, is spelled entirely different. (laughs) H-O-R, whatever, A-R-Y, horary chart. And that is a chart on a question. And this is a very old form of astrology. Again, you specialize this, mm-hmm. and I know that, that um, Contraman Ali also does horror recharge, do. and I know a few others that do. So this is, you ask a question, and a chart is erected uh, for the the moment of the question, and it answers the question. It's kind of like throwing dice or throwing mm-hmm. down a tarot card on the question, but it uses astrology, and it's called horror astrology. And you're very good at that. I know you've done it for me, William, and I really appreciate your work with it. Thank you. I've actually been getting quite a bit of success doing it for politics, where I have about an 88% rating, accuracy rating, on all the various midterm and political contests going back to 2008 when I was initiated into doing sports and political uh, astrological prediction using horary. Uh, based on Vegas odds makers and composite polling as a basis to determine who would be the favorite and underdog and then making a projection who would win weeks to months ahead of time. So I'm currently doing that now with my team. I have a team of because I do teach horary astrology. That's one of my uh, specialties. I'm one of the few out there teaching very advanced horary astrology. Uh, and many of my students and uh, 
our uh, professional astrologers, and we are, we put a team recently together to do all the midterm projections to determine if that blue wave is truly going to happen as mainstream media proclaims it will. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm. Well, so that that leads me to say people who want to follow you, uh, and uh, if they're listening to this, remember, we keep a chat log, and of all the radio shows, there are people typing in the background quietly, we hope, and they are putting down uh, Papa Newt, for instance, is writing in things, and so is Nagashiva, and you can too, William, if you want to join the chat room. So you you could type in any URL you want, but folks, his name is William Stick Evers, and I believe it's williamstickevers.com is your site. And he also is on Facebook as, you know, facebook.com slash, mm-hmm. what is it, William.StickEvers, or how is it? WilliamStickEvers.com. And um, if you go to my blog, if you go to my website, you can see every day how we're seeing the race, and each race is shaping up with the probability. So I'm uh-huh. encouraging everybody to just look in, even if you're not particularly political, to see how we use divination to forecast with even greater accuracy than these paid-for pundits and pollsters on how this race is going to turn out weeks ahead of mm-hmm. time. And that's, that's what's really driving me now. Right. And, but, uh, again, what is your Facebook uh, page? Facebook page is just William Stick Evers. Okay, William Stick Evers. And I have there you go. Facebook.com slash William Stick Evers. Okay, so now you all know how okay. to contact him. But when the political races are said and done, he'll do horribly on, you know, is is that job, are they going to hire me? Or should I move to Wheeling, West Virginia? Or is my boyfriend cheating? Or uh, should I marry the man or let him go? Those are horror questions he can answer. Okay, so I've given you a big plug. I hope many people find you. You can find him through AIR. He has a webpage at AIR, which is at readersandrootworkers.com, and you can just click his name, William Stickovers, or click the section on astrology. You'll find him. Now, let's get to what the fall equinox is. I'm going to give a little Mm -hmm. prelude, and then we'll turn it over to William. So, a little prelude. Well, we know that the Earth rotates around the Sun, but mm, so we know that. Um, and uh, but astrology was based on observations that were taken many, many uh, thousands of years ago, and it seemed to us that the Sun rotated around the Earth back then. So we have come up with ways to describe things in astrology that are not actually true, but we believe them to be true. But some things are true both ways, whether you put the sun at the center or the earth at the center, observationally, or or if you took a sort of a long view as if you went up above the galaxy and look what's really going on. Either way, there are uh, relationships between the planet Earth and the sun that are interestingly replicable every year. One of those things is that the earth has its axis tipped. And because the Earth is not straight on, the uh, length of daylight varies. And you all know that is summer and winter. Winter, the days are short. Summer, the days are long. But if you live in the southern hemisphere, it's the opposite. They have winter and summer, but they happen at the opposite time of the year. Well, at we're just going to count the northern hemisphere for now. 90% of our listeners are in the northern hemisphere. Sorry, all you great guys in Australia, New Zealand, and Tasmania, <laughs> and Chile, or whatever. But we, we're just going to talk about the northern hemisphere, and I'm sure you're used to it by now. I apologize. So when we have the shortest day of the year at midwinter, what we call midwinter, um, 
it's called the winter solstice. And it's called the solstice because it seems to happen actually for three days. The days are short, short, short. And so solstice means standing still. And then the days get longer again. Well, then they get to the point where the day and the night are equal. And that's the spring equinox. Equa, meaning equal. Nox is the old Latin name for night. Equinox. The night is equal to the day. Then you get to where the days are the longest. That's the summer solstice. Again, for three days, it looks like the sun stands still In as far as the time it rises and time it sets. It seems to be the same for three days. And that's the solstice, the summer solstice. And the days get shorter, shorter, shorter. And we get to the fall equinox, which is when the night is equal to the day, again, for the fall. And from here on, the days are going to get really short. And the nights are going to get really long. It picks up speed, kind of. Now, we're at the fall equinox. Now, here's the funny thing about these equinoxes and solstices. Because they happen over and over very regularly, people have built calendars around them. So some people, most people in the northern hemisphere, they will have some sort of celebration around the time when the when the nights get uh, long and they're hoping the sun will come back. And there's these ceremonies usually involving fire or light to bring back like Yule, you light the Yule log and things like that. Um, and uh, uh, Jews have Hanukkah where you light these candles. Mm-hmm. They don't always happen exactly at the winter solstice, but they're winter things to bring the light back. Then we have cultures that have the new year starts in the spring for them. They've been in the winter, now they're going to have the spring equinox. So they're, they'll have festivals like um, for, um, oh, you know, with little rabbits and chicks, baby chicks and little baby sheep, and it'll all be all about all the new life that's coming up at spring. Now, some of that's been um, taken over by other cultures and, and other religions. But, but for instance, if you see any festival like Pesach, where you have you eat a little baby lamb uh, for your for your big celebratory meal, and but you also have some you know little, you know some fruits and things like that. But you also have bitter herbs to show that you went through a dark time. Well, that's a that's a little spring festival. And some cultures, you know, like the little colored Easter eggs and the little baby chicks and the little baby rabbits all coming out. Those are cultures that in prehistoric times celebrated their new year at the at the spring equinox now i don't know of any culture that celebrates new year at the Mm -hmm. summer solstice it's just like hey it's sun it's summer all the time it's never new it just is like we'd like it to stay like that forever but it doesn't and then there are very few cultures and really i only know of a couple of cultures that celebrate their new year at the fall equinox. And we say, what a depressing thing. I mean, everything's getting shorter. Why would you call that your new year? Well, the truth is it has to do with rainy seasons. And cultures that have their rainy seasons start in the fall, that's the new year for them because they were in the hot, dry desert. So Jewish people celebrate New Year's, which is called Rosh Hashanah, which means New Year, um, at the fall equinox. Well, or actually it's the moon before, the, you know, it's it's a moon calendar mm-hmm. based on top of a sun calendar. This year it was early, it was September 9th. But, you know, it's a, it's at the fall equinox. And the Cherokee Indians also were known for celebrating the new year at the fall equinox. But there were very few cultures that do. And those that do, we all look at it, because those are backward cultures. The Jews not only celebrate new year at the fall equinox, they start the day at sundown. I think yes. I have everything backwards, and I know that it just sounds funny, but every culture is different. Fall equinox has a different meaning relative to when you and your culture celebrate New Year. So for some people, it's the beginning of the depressing time, and for other people, it's the beginning of the rainy season. Wow, cool, mm-hmm. things will grow again. Right? So it depends on where you live and who you raised you. Having said that, 
<clears throat> Fall equinox is uh, related to certain kinds of spell work and certain kinds of beliefs. And Ali touched on that, cleaning up the altars after all summer's mm-hmm. work. Now, having a long intro, I'm going to turn this over to William. William, tell us about fall equinoxes in general and this fall equinox in particular. Well, traditionally, the equinox is a powerful time energetically. Um, is this, uh, in regards to the autumn equinox, also referred by Maban, by neo-pagans, uh, it's a period where the, uh, there's a celebration between a balance between oppo- opposing forces of light and dark, life and death. The astrological climate during the autumn equinox is also very revealing. For around this time, the sun enters, in, or I should say ingresses into Liber when it crosses over the equator. And archetypally, the quality of the Libra energy is injected into the world stage, resonating with relationships, group participation, balancing self with others, bringing about equilibrium and order, and seeking something to transcend the self. Uh, One way uh, to look at the Libra archetype is through the quest of, uh, or should I say, the quest for the ideal group or pattern of society. Um, although traditionally speaking, both Aphrodite and Astraea are linked mythologically with Libra, I propose that a better fit is the Greek goddess Athene or the Roman goddess Minerva. And mm-hmm. Libra is also the sign of beauty, harmony, justice. So we can expect those things to be big themes going into the fall, especially around the time of the election as we approach um, the peak period in autumn. Therefore, how we relate to one another in all kinds of relationships from individual to community levels will be really the focus uh, during this particular season. Because of uh, Libra's community focus, the best and most fun way to celebrate and honor the autumn bounty is by celebrating in ritual. Generally, ritually, traditionally speaking, we're celebrated outside with bonfires uh, among the forests, giving libations and thanking whoever and whatever that you worship, blessing the food in its name before partaking in it. So uh, using uh, food magic is very appropriate for this period. The uh, fall harvest season initiated by the fall equinox is also a popular time to celebrate winemaking and deities connected to the growth of the vine, whether you seek it through Bacchus or Dionysus, the god of the grape harvest, winemaking, uh, of wine, of fertility, of ritual, ritual magic, ritual madness, uh, religious ecstasy and theater and ancient Greek religious myth. Um, we seek it through celebrating uh, the Dionysian or Bacchian divine Numa through ritual consumption of wine, which is a key way of constellating that Dionysian archetype during the harvest celebration season. Um, the other way we can look at it with this is for magical practitioners, uh, traditionally speaking, it's um, uh, because it's the harvest season, it coincides with a good time to decorate one's altar in a pattern or design using food as a centerpiece, such as apples, berries, grapes, nuts, corn, um, members of the squash family, especially pumpkins. So it's traditionally a good time for that practicing magic uh, utilizing uh, fall harvest season foods that are traditionally linked for prosperity, prosperity magic in particular, 
and divination magic. For according to traditional sources, the veil between the spiritual and mortal worlds is particularly thin around the autumn equinox and continues to thin uh, between that period that we're in today all the way through uh, Sorin, which is Halloween. So therefore, any form of divination you're particularly uh, any form of divination one is particularly drawn to will be very revealing now. Whether you're celebrating with a ritual or with a feast or simply spending time outside, uh, more so as we transition, uh, this is a perfect time to um, take in some of those new energies that are shifting on, on, uh, on the archetypal world stage. Particularly speaking, in terms of this autumn equinox, what we're seeing now is a Venus-Mars-Uranus T-square conjunction that dominates this period and will continue to until December 21st. And that combination is very flashy. It's very charismatic. It's socially vital. It's extremely um, vivacious and enthusiastic. Um, it's a very powerful love dynamic of music, dance, desire for some type of romantic thrill, excitement, sexual and uh, sexual and relationship breakthroughs are very common during these periods. So, um, however, the dark side or the shadow side is sometimes a tendency to juggle multiple loves or social interests. So, temptations, flash temptations, uh, over uh, is very common as well. So um, this is a period where there could be uh, tremendous social activity, especially with the romantic and sexual adventures, sudden infatuations, attractions. Um, and there's also a tendency towards the eccentric. Uh, sometimes um, there, there is the uh, forensic socializing, craving for romantic novelty, some, looking for something different. Um, walk, uh, craving for a type of novelty which gets in the way of deeper intimacy. So that would be the dark side of it. However, um, this is really a period of uh, celebration, urging somehow to break free of some type of barrier, personal barrier, sexual barrier, freeing oneself from one romantic constraints um, that have been maybe holding you back. And um, really just um, um, there's, there's a sense of something want to, wanting to free and liberate and empower during this period. So that's pretty much what I see during this period. And I expect, um, you know, I certainly expect a lot of um, things to accelerate and intensify, uh, particularly in, the, um, in, in terms of the markets, in terms of business commerce. And so I think this is going to be, at least over the next few months, it's going to be a very exciting period. It's going to be a very volatile period, especially with money, because Venus is very much connected with currencies and money. So we're going to see a lot of currencies around the world go topsy-turvy. We're going to see the dollar go up. We're going to see a lot of people using credit at a level mm -hmm. to make um, bread and butter purchases instead of so. Or you or, or there's a tendency to 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 uh, blow up their discretionary income to the point where they can run into trouble later in the year. So those are things to keep in mind. Wow. Can I can I throw in a couple of things here? Now, you, you said that because we're talking about the fall equinox in general, and now we're talking about this fall equinox. And you said it was a Venus-Mars-Uranus T-square. Okay. So can you 
describe what that means to people? I, I, I would like to take the words out of your mouth, but I'd like to hear it from you. Uh, Venus, Mars, and Uranus, which one is opposed and which ones are T? So you have Venus in Scorpio in direct opposition mm-hmm. to Uranus and Taurus, and that opposition, both of those planets in opposition to each other are in direct square to Mars in Aquarius, which happens to be conjunct the south node. So the south node is a point of, it's a problematic point in in traditional astrology because it's very much connected to scandal mm-hmm. and doing things that are unbecoming of one's behavior, unbecoming of the self. Behavior mm-hmm. that we tend to we tend to revert to when when we're operating from a very unresourceful place. Got it. Or now let me let me just put on my teaching hat for just a minute. Because we can unpack. See, he gave a lot of a lot of key words there, and I'm going to unpack a little bit of it for us. Venus is love, and Scorpio is the genitals, the sex organs. So Venus and Scorpio. This is why he was talking about a little bit of freaky deaky sexual action, right? And <laughs> Uranus is in Taurus. Well, Taurus rules the the throat, but it's also by reflection to Scorpio. Um, excuse my being indecent here, but a lot of people say Tauruses give good head. Okay, because mm, that's what they say, right? And so Uranus is a, a planet of eccentricity and unusualness. So now we've got some kind of action happening here between Venus and Scorpio and Uranus and Taurus. I mean, it's pretty sex, sexed up, right? And then it's square Mars and Aquarius. Aquarius is technological. Aquarius is intellectual, but Mars is energy. So this is where he's seeing it hit the currency markets and hit electronics and hit um, uh, generally. Am I correct in what I just said? I certainly agree with that assessment. Okay. So, so now it's a T-square. Now a T-square Opposition is one thing, but now we've got this T square, and that's where a little bit of the of the uh, negativity comes. Because squares cause problems more. Even oppositions cause problems. The squares cause a lot of tension. Okay, mm-hmm. and the biggest the biggest tension here is Mars and Aquarius conjunct the South Node, which operates in a kind of a a downward limiting way. Um, Mars and Aquarius. Conjunct the south node is square to Uranus and Taurus. People wanting to overspend and overdo. That's what he just said. For pretty things, that's Taurus. They all want the pretty things, right? That's square Mars. How much energy do you really have versus how much you're spending? But then you got that, that Venus and Scorpio. Meanwhile, it's all about there's this weird deep sex level going on too. Very interesting um, uh, uh, situation for the fall equinox. Now, as this is happening, the days are getting shorter, and we're into those boogie nights, right, with Venus in, in Scorpio. So be careful, folks, because what he's saying is that, that we're going to see the markets go up and down, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. And we're going to see yes. people people um, going a, a little wild and crazy, and they might also make some mistakes in love. I'm going to just go out and say that. Mm-hmm. Um might fall for a sex partner when they're and they're not going to get a husband or wife. See, now let me. Ali is also an astrologer, so Ali, jump in on this. What do you think is going on with this particular fall equinox? Yeah, I, I think I, I have to agree. Um, what I find particularly fascinating, um, we mentioned uh, Venus and Scorpio, and we're talking about Libra, and to me, this all ties very deeply to what's going on with the Supreme Court. 
Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing, you know, something the Supreme Court has dealt with um, by justice and balance and fairness and um, something, uh, an accusation or a very credible accusation of uh, sexual assault is now being heard about a Supreme Court nominee. And this is, in some ways, harkens back to, to Anita Hill, um, but also is this is, a, this is the era of Me Too. And so mm-hmm. seeing that within right. light of this, within light of the what's going on astrologically, you can see the, the kind of astrological weather manifest in our domestic politics um, and see, you know, you know, how that affects our notions of justice, our notions of fairness, our notions of a society and a community. The fall equinox, traditionally speaking, as William Stickevers noted, is probably the most kind of communal moment of the seasons. It is the time where people come together, and we, even to this day, do so to some regards. You know, the beginning of the fall, uh, fall equinox is the beginning of the holiday seasons, right? It's Halloween, it's Thanksgiving, and then eventually with, with winter solstice, uh, it's Christmas. So it is the time where we get together as a society and we come together as a people. And I think when we're really coming together and probing the questions of who we are, um, you know, what what do we believe in when it comes to justice, when it comes to women's rights, and uh, et cetera. So it, it, I see it manifesting geopolitically. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on uh, jump on that too. Um, and uh, what what he's saying, and again, I'm gonna try to to recount this. Venus and Scorpio is is sexy, freaky. It's female energy, and it's powerful female energy. Uranus and Taurus yeah. is uh, is also female energy, but they're willing to upset the apple cart, right? It's uh, impulsive, yeah. overturning mm-hmm. the status quo, and then it's squared by Mars, which is male energy in Aquarius. And we and as you said, we've got the Me Too movement has mm-hmm. gone into the why I didn't report movement and mm-hmm. um it's become like a, a you know like women are just uh, getting pretty angry about this and they are willing to uh, go out and overthrow the conventions by saying about their lives and so mm-hmm. I look at all of that Ali I I see what you're saying it's a different way of looking at the same uh situation and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see what's going oh, on. Oh yeah. And uh, Uranus and Taurus will sometimes, you know, tear things down to the bricks if they get pissed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm just going to say that. And, and squared by Mars, there, right? Like that's, that's and squared that's by Mars, they don't give a tension. They don't give yep. a fuck anymore. You know, fuck it. <laughs> And Venus and Scorpio. Now, of all of these, the fastest moving will be Venus, and Venus will move out of um, place faster. And then Mars is the next fastest to move, and so eventually it'll wear. The whole thing will. The, the, it's a temporary pattern, and it'll wear away. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how we go into this midterm elections. Now, at that point, I'm going to ask William because you know you're you're a brave man. Give me some idea. What do you think? Can you just get point out a couple of races or a couple of states or a couple of ideas? I just saw today that some guy just dropped out of some race in some state because his yeah. his daughter his daughter said you've been you've been inappropriately touching and kissing me and biting my ears for twelve years and I hate you and 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 he stopped he stopped his run he was a Republican he stopped his run for Congress and they're like mm-hmm. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah wow. Well, it's a little too early for me to tell. I've only uh, my team has only uh, cracked out somewhere around 
somewhere about 10 out of 100 plus races. However, uh, they are reporting, they're reporting in this morning. And um, it looks to me, and I, this is, this is not a firm prediction. We're not going to have that blue wave. We're going to have Democrats making um, some gains. Certainly, they're going to make gains in the House, but we will not have a blue wave. There is going to be a counter. There's going to be a counter wave to the blue wave. So we mm-hmm. may have more of a purple wave, if anything, else, from what I'm seeing. <laughs> it's still early. It's still early, and. Um, it's just interesting how it's going. People are definitely taking sides now, and um, this is what I am going to predict. The Both sides are coming out with a vengeance mm-hmm. because of what's going to transpire with the, with the confirmation hearing. Well, I do believe, based on my prediction, he's going to get, he's, it's going to get pushed through regardless of what but the you, testimony the Kavanaugh is. will go through. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. it will go through. And there'll be blowback on both, right? And there will be a counter, there will be a rebuttal or a counter uh, movement. So um, when when the when the media says, "Don't worry, the, the Trump voters are not coming out," no, they're coming out. And so are the Democrats. And um, we're going to see a big split between the young voters. They're taking they're, mm-hmm. this. This is a period of extremism, whether it's mm-hmm. right or wrong, or regardless of one's politics. You're going to see a, a level of um, civic activism and activity that we haven't seen in a good while. All right. Well, thank you so much. That's our Fall Equinox prediction by William Stickevers of williamstickevers.com. And now we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt, and he's going to bring on our first reading client. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, William Stickevers, will be right back. We'll be taking our, our calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio, or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select uh, our callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is calling from California of area code 909. This is Lone Pine. Lone Pine, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. I see you're a first-time caller. Thank you for calling in and entrusting us with your situation tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you and for uh, taking my call. <laughs> you're welcome. Now, uh, looking at your history here, you have not had any re- private readings with Miss Cat or Conchman Ali or have gone to any other readers and re- workers on this particular situation. Is that correct? That is correct. Thank you very much. And she writes, my family and I have had many issues with obstacles concerning debt, health, career, the house, our animals, relationships, even our technology. I had a bottle of Van Van oil that broke on the floor just as I was getting ready to mop. Uh, uh, mop the floor with it, which means something. I want to know what's causing these blockages and financially 
uh, and financially friendly means to fix since I have no money to buy any more products right now. Turn it back to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, Lone Pine, yes, it does mean something. So before I read for you, let me just tell you what that means. That mm-hmm. does mean somebody, something, some spiritual energy, um, spirit of bad luck, spirit of an enemy, spirit of uh, an ancestor who really just um, is hanging on and trying to hold you all back. We don't know yet what, what the energy is, but that does mean it's a sign and it's a bad sign. Van Van is the formula that changes bad luck to good. Van Van is the formula that cleanses spaces gently and brings them into alignment with what your desires are. And it is not a protective, particularly protective, um, static formula. It is a dynamic formula that involves change. That's why we say it changes bad luck to good. And Mm -hmm. so to have that bottle break just as you were getting ready to mop the floor with it is unfortunate. Now, what I would have done and what you did, I don't know, but what I would have done, I would have grabbed a sponge and grabbed up that all in my sponge and just squeezed my sponge into my stuff and got and mopped anyway. But you may not. Oh, I did. you oh, did. I, did. Okay. I, I mocked hey, the whole entire house, and it smelled so good. strong. You know, I had to leave all the windows open. But that's what I did. <laughs> I just picked up all the glass and the the grass and the minerals, and I just popped it anyway. Good. <laughs> good for you. All right. Well, then that shows you've got some good stick-to-itiveness. You're a good intuitive root worker, and uh, and I wish you all the best with that. You did a good job. All right. So now you're looking for um, some other. Uh, types of root work. Now I could do a reading on you, and um, and but you that know, to good. me, that that yeah, to me it says here you're not asking particularly for a reading because you said you just have these obstacles and issues, and you want to know what means to fix them since you have no money. So I'm just going to do a one card pull. I'm not going to pull about your whole life. I am going to ask you what is your sign of the zodiac? Taurus. You're a Taurus. Yes. What is it with this show and Tauruses? Okay. So uh, we're just going to laugh because um, we have this thing. I, if you've ever listened mm-hmm. to the show, I know you're a f- first-time caller. Um, uh, Papa Newt, uh, Contraband Ali, and I are all Tauruses, and sometimes we have Tauruses as guests. And we just, it's like these Tauruses, it's just like all Tauruses all the time. Our show, we could just call ourselves the the Taurus Hoodoo Root Work Hour. <laughs> so, but, but it's really good that William is our guest because Uranus and Taurus, or as some people call it, Uranus and Taurus, this is a big fucking problem for Tauruses right now. We got seven years of bad luck, basically. Well, it could be seven years of good luck. We got seven years of whipsawing luck with Uranus and Taurus, and Tauruses don't like change, and we are. In the middle of it, and he he certainly is going to tell you about it. But Uranus and Taurus is is going to manifest the good, the bad, and the ugly um, in your life for seven years, and we're just starting. We just began the roller coaster. Welcome to the ride. Okay, now I'm going to pull a card on this as far as what obstacles. Oh. Well, okay. Card I got is straight up five of cups, and everybody who reads Tarot knows what I'm talking about. Uh, this is a card of a person who's dressed in black, kind of crying and wiping their eyes with their black cloak, and they're looking down at three spilled cups. And uh, two of them have spilled red wine, and one has spilled white. 
And behind them, where they don't see them, are two cups. And these are golden goblets, very precious goblets, that are uh, upright and may either be empty or filled. We can't tell, but they have not spilled. Um, Across the way is a river, and the river goes under a bridge. And uh, you know the old saying, you can't put water back uh, under the bridge. You know, once it's gone through, it's gone through. So this says something Mm -hmm. in the past has happened, but you can't put it back the way it was. Across the river is a ruined castle, no roof, and the the jungle, the forest is coming up and reclaiming that castle. It's all crumbling away. Now, this is taking place on a stage. If you know your uh, Rider Waitsmith cards, some cards take place on a stage and some take place in nature. And this is on a stage. So this is a person having an emotional moment and mm-hmm. but they're what they're thinking about is really something that's happened either so much in the past that they're always constantly recreating it in their mind or they are in a way contextualizing it with a background what they're looking at though really is three spilled cups you have actually been blocked crossed cursed whatever however what i tell everybody who gets this card you can upright those cups you can wash them up they're very precious they're golden go on Move on. And uh, mm-hmm. don't just think, oh, I've got two good cups unspilled. Nobody would throw away a golden goblet. So uh, the two red cups uh, signify two women. The white one is a man. So we can say this has not just been named at you, but it has been named at family members, both male and female. That the makes sense because t- I'm the only child, and I mm-hmm. currently live in my parents' home with my mother and father. There you go. Yeah. Now, what's so interesting is, check this. You said you spilled that van van, right? Mm-hmm. And here I, sure I go. I fell out of my pocket and shattered. Right. And so here we go as this person going, oh, my gosh. But we always tell them, just keep going. Just don't don't look back. This person's looking to the left, and we say looking back. So what I tell you is you're aware of it. You're just going to keep on moving forward. And um, this is a if – you, if you pause for self-drama – and get and get sucked down into the emotions of the past. It's just gonna you'll just be dressed in black, looking back. But you do have the ability to sponge it up and clean the house. You do know that kind of stuff. And at the end of this, uh, Contraman Ali will give you some um, great root work advice that will tell you how to um, do things that are financially very easy. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Uh, a conjurer is made for anybody of any economic income. You don't need a priest. You don't need a supermarket shopping cart. Okay. Now, we're going to turn this over to William, and he's going to do a bit of a reading on you. Okay? Oh, thank you. Hi. Hi. Hello. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. So basically what we're seeing, there is, it's not really clear what, to me what the question is because part of what I'm doing with Hari is trying to determine if the outcome will be possible through some type mm-hmm. of question, a yes or no type of question. So, um, um, Should I think of one? I guess I could say maybe if, um, maybe if we've crossed ourselves from our own thoughts or maybe – if somebody else has crossed our family, I don't know, something like that. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I think really from what I can just see from looking at the chart of the moment, it really looks mm-hmm. like um, you don't have a very clear sense of compelling goals right now. You're really lost, almost like, you know, uh, you're in a boat without an oar or a compass at the moment. And that's all mm-hmm. being turned upside down, inside out. 
and will continue to be uh, with Uranus crossing over your sun over the next several years, and you're going to feel it very, very intensely. So this is a period of where there can be a lot of breakthroughs. There could be mm-hmm. a, break, a few breakdowns before you get that breakthrough, unexpected breakthroughs, awakenings. Um, there's some aspect of rebirth that is indicative of Uranus transits. However, um, we, can, uh, we often encounter within ourselves or others very willful and erratic behavior. And mm-hmm. uh, some of the negative form can be some emotional power struggles, especially with Tauruses. They mm-hmm. tend to get that. They either are a perpetrator or a victim. Maybe in your case, you're more so of a victim of such an emotional power struggle. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so issues with guilt, jealousy, and other subversive techniques and tactics and characteristics that can get played out with others is something you have to um, be very wary of. It's a time mm-hmm. of, um, you know, I can tell you one thing. The past is not going to equal the future. It seems like everything that you base your sense of identity, purpose, job, resume, history is all being cleaned away, wiped away. It's not going to count anymore. That's a good thing. But if someone like a Taurus has a tendency to always like reflect back and say, this is my track record, here's my paper trail, it's not going to, ma- it's not going to give them attraction they need or the um, guidance that it's not going to present any forward guidance. So I think it's almost like you need to almost reinvent yourself. Many people do. Many Torians are going to reinvent themselves. They're going to be forced to tra- make that transition depending on where they're at in their life. And if you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the main thing is to get out of your own way, break out of that ambivalence. Whatever you're ambivalent about is bleeding into every other area of your life right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, some of the solutions I'm going to let Conjurman Ali talk about through mm-hmm. magical operations, but it is getting that awareness that um, uh, really just needing to go through this process of uh, rebirth. There's mm-hmm. an aspect of rebirth connected with Uranus that many astrologers sort of overlook. And um, it's almost like reconstellating the eternal youth in you. What is it in you that's still unlived? that needs to be lived? What is mm-hmm. it in you while you, at this point in your life that you need to find out, it, right, being true to yourself, speaking your truth, not only speaking it, but living it? So that's an aspect of what that's on Uranus transit's going to mean. And so... You know, that uh, makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been so, wanting a um, reset on life. <laughs> right, definitely. right. Getting that reset, getting a psychological reset, physical reset, career reset is all part of that Uranus sun. And uh, just so you know, if you're feeling impatient and restless and quirky and eccentric or are surrounded by this or there's a lot of impracticality or in all of the impractical situations or unsustainable situations, unreliable people, unpredictable behavior and others within yourself is all going to be shaken up now. And it's all symptomatic that you're resisting the change that is necessary for your self-actualization. So self-actualization is going to be the key focus. If you're not self-actualizing, mm-hmm. you're going to feel the symptoms both within and from without. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. All right. I just I got to jump in here before Ollie gets in. Papa G is in our chat room, and I want to give a little shout-out to Papa G, another Taurus. We just, it's all Tauruses wall-to-wall. And Papa G posted, I've got to transform again. 
<laughs> and he said, I'm not going back to painting houses. And I said, I'm not going back to milking goats either. And that's the thing. It's, it's a, <laughs> we're all sitting there. No, no, no change, no change. But, but, well, but, honey, you are going to change. And uh, William called it. You're going to have to focus on some changes during this seven-year period. I would. Um, I really want to go to get my PhD, and I'm trying to apply for uh, uh, programs this fall as long as finances are okay. And so I've All been right. wanting to do it for years, and I'm, you know, so there's a there's a new cycle going on right there. There you <laughs> go. And may I ask, what is the PhD subject matter? Uh, you know, um, it'd be traditional ecological knowledge, um, indigenous religious traditions. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah. yeah that's what, what a great I subject for a Taurus. Yeah. Well, exactly. Taurus yeah. are so interested in the earth and they're interested mm-hmm. in indigenous culture. We had another Taurus who used to have a radio mm-hmm. show on our network. Mm-hmm. His name was Kai Arm- is Kai Armand, and he had a, a radio show called On Sacred Ground, and it was on indigenous ecological mm-hmm. wisdom. <laughs> Us Taurus, yeah, boy, we just... Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me turn you over to to uh, Conjurman Ali, and he's going to give you some good root work that's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to do so. I think you've gotten some really important readings here, and one key I think that comes out a lot is is a need for clarity as well. So there is something that has happened, and it is creating a, a cloud of sorts, and we need to clear that out. Um, in particular, because it'll affect everything else that you do. For example, um, you're interested in doing uh, a PhD program, and that's fantastic. As someone has gone through uh, the PhD program, I I, I think it's great. Um, but it's also a massive endeavor that takes five to seven years, sometimes up to ten years, and applying for it requires uh a lot of work. You need to have secured mm-hmm. letters of recommendation, writing yeah. samples, and things like that. So it's important to do cleansing work now before the application arrives, which is usually next month and the month after, mm-hmm. so that you have the clarity. Otherwise, it'll affect your chances there. The spilled cup will keep going. So you want to do this as soon as possible, and you want to do it as often, this uh, working that I'm going to recommend, to help clear things out and bring some clarity, um, and also to, to kind of remove some of the muck. You can find that self-actualization so that you can bring about the change that you're looking for. The two herbs that are really going to be key for you and they are easily accessible is bay and basil. Um, you can mm-hmm. get this, you know, anywhere. You probably still you have it at home. Uh, it, this is going to be great because it help, deals both with clearing out the bad, but also has an element of clarity to it, both basil and bay in this regard. What I want you to do is brew it into a tea with a handful of salt, just a small handful of salt that you are going to pray over. You're going to pray over the salt. You're going to pour it into that tea, pray over that tea. You're going to add that tea, just a little bit of it, to some type of floor wash, uh, like pine salt or whatever. Uh, It's got a great scent. You just add a little bit of this and scrub your home with it from back Mm -hmm. to front, top to bottom. Scrub it all the way. Once you've scrubbed your home, leave the bucket uh, of the used uh, floor wash by the door and go and take a bath. And your bath is going to be with this uh, tea again, bay, basil, and just a little bit of salt, not too much. And you're going to bathe yourself in the tea. You're going to wash from head to toes. 
and you're going to pray and call out that all things that have been affecting you negatively are removed, all blocks, all obstacles, anything that clouds your vision and your path, all be removed. Allow yourself to air dry. Take mm-hmm. the used bath water and put it in the bucket with the floor wash. Take the bucket to a crossroads and dispose of the crossroads. Not the bucket, but the bucket of water. You're going to mm-hmm. toss out that water and walk away without looking back. This is going to be very important for you um, to not look back. Don't look back in your mirror if you're driving. Don't look back over your shoulder. Don't glance because this goes to the five of cups. The five of cups is not being able to move on. It's looking at the spilled water and not the goblets behind. So it is important for you to not be tempted to get fixated on this. So it's a spiritual act of not looking back. When you go back home, what I want mm-hmm. you to do is take three bay leaves. Write on these bay leaves on one side your full name. On the other side, write clarity in big bold letters. You can use a pen, a marker, whatever you'd like. Lay these out on a triangle, on on top of this triangle, with the uh, point pointing upwards. You're going to place three candle holders. Take three white candles, anoint these with olive oil, and place them in the candle holders and light them. And as the candle burns, you are going to recite Psalm 4. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. This is a powerful prayer to help with serenity, with peace, to bring cleansing and tranquility and to remove obstacles in people's lives, also to kind of turn things around when you're a little bit stuck. So pray this psalm. Let everything burn down. Any used candle residual wax you can bury in your front yard. Repeat this as necessary. You can do this in one day. You can do this over multiple days. You can do it every time you feel a little bit uh, blocked or uh, facing a little bit of confusion. It's a good working, simple working, and I think it's accessible for you. Wonderful working. I'm going to ask a couple of questions, Um, and I missed a little bit. You had three bay leaves. You wrote your name on one side, the word clarity on the other, form a point-up triangle, Mm -hmm. and you put the candles in holders. What color candles was that? Well, white candles. White candles, okay, and then um, the uh, and you can do this ad libitum anytime you want to, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. Okay, wonderful. What a great piece of spell work. Okay, Lone Pine, and Lone Pine is a great name for a Taurus. Uh, we wish you all the luck. Call us back in a few months and let us see how things are going. Okay, maybe by then you'll have a little more money, but if not, keep working with what you got. Okay. Always join the Lucky Mojo Forum, forum.luckymojo.com, and you can get free advice, and we'll try to maintain what your interest is, which is doing things that you can afford. All right, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt, and we're going to see what he has to see with uh, our next segment. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and 
and take our next client. And our next client is a return caller calling in from area code 810 in Michigan. This is Lydia. Lydia, are you there? I am. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. I see you called us about three years ago, and that situation has changed, which is always wonderful to hear. Um, now, in this particular situation you're calling in on, you haven't had any private readings with Ms. Kat Contramental Lee or any other readers and root workers. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. And Lydia Wright, relation, uh, relationship came to an abrupt halt. We've been uh, together for a year, and surprisingly, last, uh, last spoken words from him were, I love you. Later, he sent a text saying he was upset with me right now, confused and blindsided. Turn it back to you, Ms. Kat. Whoa, Lydia. That's just yes. really odd. Um, may I ask, first right? of all, what sign are you? I'm a Leo. A Leo. Okay, now that's an interesting sign. Leo is a very um, loyal sign, and um, Leos don't like to be blindsided no more than Scorpios, Taurus, or Aquarius do. In mm-hmm. fact, mm-hmm. if you heard if you heard what um, William was saying earlier about this T square from uh, okay. Scorpio to Taurus, and then the T was formed to Aquarius. You're at the other end of that. You're in what's called a Grand Cross. Your son is in Leo. That's hit you hard. And I'm just going to say, wow. When did this happen? It happened August 6th. Mm-hmm. All right. So you are in the middle of it. This is, and this is bad. I'm telling you, this is exactly what this Grand Cross is all about. So we're going to turn this over. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Do you want to know about what caused this in him, or do you want to know what to do, whether to drop him and go on or try to get him back? What is your actual question? No, what caused it, but also, okay. I guess a little bit of both. You know what I mean? We could kind of okay. Blend so the up. question is, question is, what caused it, and is there any yeah. hope to to get this thing back on track? All Perfect. right. So Perfect. we're going to have Ali do the do the reading on that first reading. Yeah. Um, you said you were a Leo. What sign of the zodiac is he? Um, his birthday is May 26th, so Gemini? Is that Gemini. Oh, I forget. Um, oops. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That's a, a Gemini and Taurus are kind of a, a funky... Uh, they're a funky... And man. Gemini and Leo uh, in this case, yeah. Gemini and Leo, I'm sorry. Gemini and Leo are, are a very funky mix um, because we're... we're Leo, it can be quite loyal. Uh, Gemini, not as much. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. That's just how Gemini's personality is. Um, also, but Gemini's also uh, kind of, they get overshadowed by Leo's brashness. But let's take a look at, at the actual cards and see what they say. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of hurt here. The very first card I have here is the Five of Swords. The Five of Swords is, um, is a, it's a card of chaos. It's one that indicates that maybe you were blindsided by this to a certain degree, but there was there was reason for this. There's a a logic. It may be not a logic you agree with. It may not be something uh, you perhaps see, but there is a reason why you broke up. And there is chaos and arguing and fighting and unhappiness on his end in particular. We see the Five of Swords shows an individual who's got uh, three swords, one pointing down, two over his shoulder, and he's looking over at a crying woman and a man who have cast down their swords. This is a kind of, this is resignation. This is giving up after fighting. 
This is a person who does not see hope in the relationship. So I don't know why he was upset with you. Was there a fight that happened? What was it that he said, I am upset with you? Okay, you ready for this? I have a friend who I've known all my life. He and I went looking for a wedding ring for his girlfriend. I posted a picture and he got upset. Yeah, okay. So there's a... Yeah, and this is the, a friend, yeah. Yeah, this is the third person here. So this is why there's three figures here. It's not just you and him. There's this third figure yeah. who's kind of laughing mischievously. So this is where the chaos comes in. And even if the intentions yeah. there are like, it's like, hey, look, this guy's buying a ring for... For his, his, yeah. his fiance, right? There's nothing. Right. There's nothing there. Um, he, he sees it in a different light. Now, there's a deep-seated sense of of uh, competition or or insecurity because the five of swords leads to the five of wands. Yet again, another conflict card, a card of deep tensions, and it means that there are more people involved than you might be realized. Part of his insecurity comes from the fact that he himself may not be as stalwart as you are. So that's something to bear in mind here, that there's other people involved in this. And so he's insecure that here you are going and helping a friend uh, buy a ring for his fiance. That insecurity stems from the fact that he is aware very consciously that there is competition, that there is other people uh, present, even if it's only uh, even if you're not in any way, shape, or form giving you know, truth to those, you're not actually flirting with anyone, you're not talking with it, he certainly is. So there is another woman also involved here. Be aware of that. That In addition to kind of his uh, really scapegoating you and your friend, there's also a, another woman here. So there's, there's more, than, more than one person involved. This is kind of a bigger mess. This goes to the Two of Pentacles then. The Two of Pentacles is it's Gemini through and through. It's up and down. There's a connection there, but it's a little bit of an unstable connection. This is a person who's trying to juggle or uh, two coins. Yes, you can draw this guy back to you. You can. There's still enough of a connection between the two of you to draw him back. The question is, should you? And the answer is that he's a Gemini that is really insecure and a Gemini who's not as loyal as you are and a Gemini who um, has uh, insecurity and, and aware that there are other people that he might be interested in and worried that in turn you too might be interested in other people. So that means this is kind of a mess. If you draw this guy back to you, no matter how much you like him, you're going to have to draw him back with the full understanding that he's a bit of a hot and cold person, that he will disappear on you again, that there will be periods in which he'll put you out to cold because that is part of his personality. So what we're seeing is something really indicative of who he is as a person. These types of issues have... Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, these type of issues you happen yeah. with Leos and Gemini uh, occasionally. They can work, but it requires a lot of work, and a part of it revolves around some of the sensitivities uh, and personality fluctuations of of the Gemini. So be aware of this. This is what's going on here. There is there's there's a lot more insecurity. There's a lot of deep seated conflict there. You can still draw this guy back to you. The question is, are you willing to put up with that? That's up to you to decide. I'm going to turn this over. Wow. Hopefully this was useful to you um, and gave you the Absolutely. insight that you needed. I'm going to turn this over to William Stickovers, who's going to give you further reading, and then Miss Cat will come in with a group work recommendation. All right. Hi, William. 
Hi there. William? How are you today? Hi. I'm well, sir. How about good. yourself? Good. Good, good, good. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm really, in, I'm in total agreement with what Conjurman just stated to you. I'm just going to try and um, give a little bit more insight and um, based on the horror uh, in terms of how you phrase the question, uh, mm-hmm. is there a possible future to this relationship? It's clearly shouting very loudly, no, that this is not, this. actually I would say, how long was this relationship, by the way? It's been over a year. It's been over a year. But there's a lot of topsy-turvy yeah. craziness to it, sort of a reckless passion at times. And if, the, if it wasn't that way, it was certainly playing it out with some other third party. I don't know if you're aware of that or not completely. But no. there's, um, okay, so, you know, the indications in your chart just so show very unsettled state of affairs. There's a little bit of lacking empathy, instigating, alienation, impulsiveness on the part of this gentleman, if you want to call him that, social and romantic restlessness, manic and frantic um, behavior uh, happening intermittently. Um, I mean, I'm not really seeing anything here that's compelling that and makes me question why you would really want him back. Good question. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> it's looking like he got blistered and burned, right? He got blistered and burned. Uh-huh. So I think this is really a lesson about what are your non-negotiables. Maybe this is the relationship that you needed to have to reassess what's my non-negotiables, what are the red flags I need to listen to to be wary of, ones I may not be in, uh, uh, completely conscious about or in denial about uh-huh. in terms of my future intimate relationships. Maybe this is really what it's about because I'm seeing right. no indication of, of sincere intimacy, of sustainable intimacy, trust, uh, empathy. There's there's a lot of selfish desire being pushed forward here, and um, so there's um, there's that aspect where you need to ask yourself what is making me want to desire something that is um, you know that has a lot, sort of like a reckless, passionate, neurotic love quality to it. Okay. Huh. Thank you, William. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with William on this one. Um, you know, William tells it like it is <laughs> because uh, the 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 chart that he the horary chart that he did mm-hmm. and the card that uh, the cards that Ali got say to me that um, and I'm going to just say one thing just uh, Leo a person who doesn't love a Leo and doesn't know how loyal a Leo can be is missing out on life. And I'm not going to say that all that Geminis miss out on life because they're always on to a new brave adventure, and that's good for them. But um, right. not so good for you. I mean, Geminis are wonderful people. They're always on the move. They're always doing something. But, um, you know, so um, let's see what I can do um, for you with a, a little bit okay. of work. I'm going to, first of all, I'm just going to uh, tell you this person, I'm not, I don't know the man's name, but I'm just going to say write his name on a piece of paper. And uh, you're going to because he's a Gemini. Well, he's got two parts to him, a good part and a bad part. And and William kind of mm-hmm. it when he said that there was a bit of a of a you know fluctuation in the guy. Put all the good things mm-hmm. on one side 
and all the bad things on the other. This is called making a cut and clear list. And, um, you know, you don't even need to put his name on it. Just make the good things on one column and the bad on another column. And I want you to get some lemon juice. Or you can use cut and clear oil or cut and clear powder, any of those things. Lemon juice is good. And you can just squeeze a little lemon juice in a line between them, just, just between the two sides of the two columns. And then you're going to take a pair of scissors and you're going to cut, cut, cut down that line. You can okay. also, if you feel like it, if you know where he lives, does he live near to you? Um, yeah, kind of, sort of. Okay. Well, one of the things that people do is sometimes they'll take a lemon and uh, cut, literally cut little pieces off the peel of the lemon and just sort of scatter it around his house. Um, if you do that, you can use a brand new knife that never was used for anything before and then throw the knife away when you're done. And that's to cut, just cut him off of you. But you can also do this paper. And I like the paper because it it makes your thinking clearer. Okay. So okay. you're going to put down things like unpredictable whatever, you know, not solid, whatever the things that, and you're going to find other things about him you didn't like. Maybe you didn't like his choice of um, in Megadeth t-shirts or whatever. There was something, you know, you didn't like, and maybe, you know, maybe he wore brown shoes with blue suits. We don't know, but there was something you didn't like, tobacco smoke or or maybe it was, you know, constantly talking about his past exes or whatever it was. There was something you didn't like. Maybe he was unemployed and you just thought that was no good. Maybe it was um, he didn't brush his teeth all the time. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it was, you put all those things. And it can be, it doesn't have to do with your breakup. In other words, it could be anything about him you did not like. On the other side, there's everything about him you did like. Well, I don't know what they might have been. You know, he might have always brushed his teeth. He might have had perfect, impeccable taste in in suits. You know, he might have um, always remembered to give you floral tributes of flowers every time he went on a date with you. Maybe his, maybe the things he did, he was so witty. He knew so much. Uh, he knew celebrities. He he was able to rent a limousine and take you on the whatever it is you liked. Put that in. Maybe it was he liked to have a, a nice night around the uh, the old um, video playback and just watch an old movie with you. you. Whatever it is you liked, put those down in the other column. Now, you know, lemon juice down between them or cut and clear oil and you cut them apart. Now, the things that you did not like. Once you've cut them apart, I want you to get just a little saucer and, uh, and you're going to put uh, in that saucer uh, red pepper powder, you know, from a grocery store, just red pepper powder, hot red pepper. And you call it black pepper powder, and you're going to put salt. Okay, that's all you need, red pepper powder, black pepper powder, and salt. Now, you want to put a little candle stand in because you don't want to put the candle in and crack your saucer. So you can put a little candle stand in the center of that, and then all around this ring of red pepper, black pepper, and salt. And you can make a decorative, or you can just mix them. And you're going to light a little black candle. On the other side of your, to the side, you're going to put a little another saucer, and you're going to put in it a bunch of things that are white, which is for unknown lovers. You can put white dried jasmine flowers. You can put fresh white rose petals if you can get them at this time of year. You can put um, white uh, straw flowers or white um, baby's breath, any kind of thing from the florist that's white. They don't have to be dried. They can be fresh. And you're going to put that around on the on the uh-huh. other saucer. And you're going to put in a little candle stand, and you're going to put a white candle in that one. Now, if you had cut and clear oil, you'd dress both of them with cut and clear, but you don't have to. Once you've done that, you're going to pray. You're going to say all the good things that, um, I'm just going to call the man Jimmy, all the good things that Jimmy brought me, the um, the fact that he had beautiful eyes, and, and it can be things he did and things he had, you know, the, thing, the, the fact that he had... Um, 
lovely feet. I just love to look at his feet, you know. And the fact that he uh, never smoked and the fact that he um, had a nice car and the fact that he um, was uh, invariably kind to my cat. All these things I wish to retain and always have with me. But I cast aside forever his uh, whatever it might be, you know, his his crazy. I don't like his crazy, and I don't like his his bad temper, and I don't like his untrustworthiness, and I don't like his jealousy, and I I don't like his tobacco habit, and I don't like his um, his job that he has that keeps him working too long hours. Whatever it is you don't like, and you're going to take that paper and you're going to burn it in the black candle, and the flame of the black candle. And as it burns to ash, paper tends to make a little charcoaly thing, and you're just going to throw that down in with that salt and all that. Then the other one you're not going to burn. You're just going to hold it in your hand, go out over the candle flame, warm it up, kiss it, and say, these are the things I want. And you fold that paper towards you, and you're going to put it in your underwear drawer. And you're going to say, I'm going to keep this till the next man. Or you can put it between your box spring and mattress, and you're going to sleep on it. Let the next man in my bed bring all these good things to me. This is what I love and what I want. The wax from that one, you're going to bury at your front door. Draw that man to you with all the little white flowery things. You just scatter them around your front yard, whatever. All that salt and the black pepper and the red pepper and all the black wax, anything left over, you're going to take that and you can either, got two choices, three choices. I'll give you three choices. You can take it to a graveyard and just throw it in. He's dead to me forever. You could take it to a crossroads and you can throw it in the crossroads. Let these impulses of this bad man be driven all over the earth and let him just be scattered every which way. And the third thing is you could take it to a running river and you could just throw it in the river and say, let him just run out of my life like water runs down a running river. Depends on where you live, what you do. Okay? And that's it. You got every which way to get rid of this fellow and um, and everything that you want. All right? Any Anybody have anything to add to it? Oh, Silence. That was such a wonderfully thorough working. Um, I loved it. Loved it. And it's, it goes directly to kind of breaking the bond in the two of pentacles because there is still a connection. It's not a good connection, but there is one. And this will help to kind of undo it and open you up for something new that is more stable and worthy of your love. Yeah, and anything good he brought to it, the next person will have those good things too. You know, I just love exactly. that Corvette that he drove, and I want another exactly. man with a Corvette or at least some other really cool vintage car. You'll get that. You'll get that. I, you I, want I always tell people you can have all the good without any of the bad, right? <laughs> like all the good and none of the bad. That's right. That's right. So I I wish you all the best, and um just, just remember, you want someone as faithful and loyal as you who has that same kind of um, pride of, of self that a Leo has. All righty. Well, here comes our network announcement, I'm sure. And um, with all of that, we're going to have uh, Papa Newt and we're going to have Nagashiva and the electronic chorus from Beyond the Past. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Recover with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Fridays with Lady Muse. Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, 
sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with William Stickevers of williamstickevers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada. Take it away, William. Yes, today we're going to talk about getting the job spell. This is a great time of year to change up that job with the new energy that is being released today to change it up. And how we're going to change it up is we're going to get a few a few things. And I'll list it out here as a green candle, allspice berries for good luck and prosperity in business, peppermint, fresh, dried is okay, which opens up communication and moves the energy for both communication and money flow. We want bay leaves, and that's going to be for granting wishes and making sure you're getting the job you really want. We also want to include um, a yellow rose, a rose, a yellow rose petals for our favor luck to be uh, viewed best as a best candidate for the job. Pumpkin seeds, uh, this is really good for inviting wonderful prosperity, business, overall money, well-being, opportunity. Star anise. And that's to make sure that the petition has a real impact manifesting in the physical world. And if possible, sugar-coated fennel seeds or fennel seeds. This is optional, but I certainly like to include these in legal situations, victory in court. Certainly good for work with uh, work contracts, employment contracts, and agreements that will go along or go your way. We want to have magnetic oil, fast luck oil, crown of success oil. So we have 11 items I just listed out. We want to write out a petition first, and we want to write our name and date of birth three times across the paper. Then we want to turn the paper clockwise to the right one quarter and write a description of the job you want. For example, you could write, get the position at such and such company, or I want to get a job that pays me this much for this type of job role or job position. You could state with the specific hours you're looking for or the specific days with the type of work environment or the industry or all the levels of benefits that you're seeking. So you could write that out, and then you turn the paper again clockwise to the right one quarter, and you sign your name three times across. Then you want to break out the magnetic oil, and you want to do a five-point pattern on the paper with on the uh, petition paper and bless and activate the petition, say a prayer over it. Then you want to rub fast luck oil and dress the candle on that candle, rub the candle with success oil, crown of success oil as well, and bless and activate the candle with your intention. And then place a petition paper, the petition paper that you dress with the magnetic oil underneath the plate where you will place the dressed candle. Then place the candle, the dressed candle on the plate, and then place bay leaves in clockwise direction around the candle, then sprinkle some pumpkin seeds in clockwise direction around the candle, then sprinkle the allspice berries in clockwise direction around the candle as well. Then place three-star anise in a triangular formation around the candle, with the triangle pointing up and away from you, which indicates transformation change. 
and then sprinkle some of the sugar-coated fennel seeds or just the regular fennel seeds in a clockwise direction around the candle and then place um, and then place the rose petals as well around in the clockwise direction around the candle. Then you light the candle and you recite the 23rd Psalm, meditate on your petition, meditate on what you wrote on that petition for seven minutes. Then you can let the candle to continue to burn for an additional 14 minutes each day, 21 minutes total from the time you light the candle, do your meditation, recite your Psalm, let the candle burn, total 21 minutes until it completely burns down or until you achieve or get that job. Wow. Uh, that's amazing work. And very classical. I love the way you've got the triangle. And um, and I know Nagashiva has uh, been trying to um, uh, post and keep up with this. And um, we also have a question from Conjurman Ali. Can magnetic oil or magnet oil, be replaced by attraction oil. And I can just tell right now that if someone was going to ask that question. <laughs> yes. No, it's good, it's, no, no. I, don't, I know you're not asking on behalf of yourself. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just venture. Both magnet oil and attraction oil have pictures of magnets on them. Yeah. And um, they both are used in a similar way. Magnetic oil is usually made with, literally, with little pieces of lodestone or magnet. Um, yep. How about it, William? Could either one of those be used in, instead of the other? Yes. I I uh, initially used the traction oil for some of my clients who got very good results, and then I started working with the magnetic oil. Mm-hmm. And um, I found the results to happen a bit faster, or it was more mm. compelling or more obvious when the manifestation effects of the magic were taking place. I, I agree, and I, I'm going to say something here, because attraction is also used to attract attention, but magnet is like really just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, give me what I want. So there is a difference between the two. There is a little bit of an overlap, but of the two, magnet is the more drawing than attraction, because attraction can be used, for instance, with look me over, just like, hi, I'm pretty, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but mm-hmm. magnet oil mm-hmm. uh, draw. So yeah, I hear you. I hear you, William. And there is a difference in the ingredients. So um, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. So um, this spell, this spell is really an amazing work. I I'm going to um, mention a couple of other things that I have used that I want to add to it. One of the things when people want a job and they've got a specific job that they want to get, I often will have them put out a map and photos of the job site, a mm-hmm. map where the where the where the job is to take place. Use Google Maps or whatever kind of map system you use with a little red pin mark, you know, drop a marker where that building is and put that underneath the candle. So way the whole basis of it is on that map, right? And now the candle plate and the candle stands all on that place. And sometimes I will also have people go take a photo if the place is not an online business, but it's a real bricks and mortar place, go take a photo of yourself at that mm-hmm. place, just standing there, and um, make sure you can, maybe if you can get the logo or the name of the building or the whatever, um, take that photo and put that on your altar as well. It's a real good way to attract yourself to the place. Um, mm-hmm. How about you, Ollie? Do you have anything to add? I don't have anything to add. I just want to say, though, the use of peppermint here is really great. Um, and he mentioned, uh, William mentions how it's great for 
communication, smoothing things out, opening that and letting money and communication flow. It's a great use and not one that people often think about when they think of peppermint. Yeah. Peppermint is interesting. And another thing I, I'm just going to put in, he had um, sugared um, coated fennel seeds. And um, if you go online and look up how to make sugar coated peppermint leaves, I was going to tell you something. You're going to love it. It's got to have fresh peppermint, and you got to have super fine sugar, and you're just going to dip them in them and let them dry. And sugar-coated peppermint leaves are a fabulous, magical item. And, um, well, they, they have a lot of power. Uh, you can find out more about using foods in Hoodoo by buying the book, Hoodoo Foods. And, um, well, sugar-coated violet leaves, that's just adding sweetness to love. You know, there's a lot of things you can do. All righty. Well, I want to um, thank William for being our guest. Um, we're going to have Papa Newt come in and make our announcements, and then we're all going to come back, and we're all going to say goodbye, each in our own single and separate and several ways. Take it away, Papa Newt. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali, and thank you, William Stakeovers of WilliamStakeovers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers will be Co Meadows of CoMeadows.com in Auburn, Alabama, bringing us the topic on traditional contact magic. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Carrier Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Bay Hill, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing as the Jug Band Wolf. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Ah, thank you so much, Papa Newt, for your Torian fastness and always being there. <laughs> Such a good guy. Um, thank you, uh, William Stickevers, for a wonderful show. That was wonderful, and I really love to talk astrology. Yeah. And thank you, Ali. Uh, Always a pleasure. Another Taurus holding down the other end of the Taurus teeter-totter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Good night. And good night, all. Good night. Good night. Good night.